You got to stay hungry. You got to stay aggressive. You got to have the mindset that you're going to make your restaurant more profitable, busier, more impactful than it's ever been. Welcome to The Profitable Table, fed by Woolco Foods, the nation's first podcast devoted to the business and lifestyle of the hospitality industry. Now, here's your host, Wilco Foods CEO, Stephen Toberoff. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Profitable Table, fed by Wilco Foods. I am your host, Stephen Toberoff. And today I want to do something a little bit different. I've been having conversations, a lot of conversations lately with all different types of restaurateurs, bar owners, and others in the hospitality space. Some of them did great during the pandemic. Others were closed during it and then reopened at the end. Others have a lot of thoughts and have made a lot of investments as we get ready to reopen. As I record this podcast today, In the New York area, Governor Cuomo just announced the lifting of the curfew, the resumption of bar seating. So there's a lot of activity happening in the space. And it is my belief, and I've come to this conclusion after the conversations I've been having, that it's really imperative for restaurant owners, bar owners, and really any business owner to not simply get caught up in the sugar high of the reopening and Of course, it's awesome and it's great and everybody wants to enjoy it, but it's my belief that we can use this as an opportunity to really catapult your business to a higher level of success. And so that it's not just sort of the end, like we've reopened, this is great, we're back, but that it's really a new beginning of greater success and greater expansion than you might have otherwise thought. And that came out of these conversations And so I took a bunch of notes and I've put together this podcast where we're going to really see how we can use the reopening to lay the foundation that will enable you to catapult your business to a much higher degree of growth and that we're not even just hyper-focused on the reopening, but we're focused on how the reopening is going to lay the foundation for this immense success that we're looking forward to. So let's just jump right into it now, which is we're at a moment in time now where more and more people are going to be going back out to eat, to drink, to do the things that they used to do. And the question is, how can you have your restaurant or your bar really capture that consumer? We're transitioning from a time where people were hyper-focused on taking out food and getting delivery and that whole thing. Still going to be a, a major part of business. I've done many podcasts on that. You can look in prior episodes. But what can we do now to really focus on the new trend, which is people wanting to go back out, go out and dine, and how you can differentiate your business and really capture it. So the first thing that you need to do is you need to offer food and cocktails that are something that they could not prepare at home. People have been at home. A lot of people have been. They've been doing a lot of takeout. So you want to have at least several offerings on your menu that are really perfect only if you dine in. Okay. Alexis, my guest on my last podcast episode from Art Bar made a great point. People have been having a lot of beer, a lot of wine, a lot of alcohol at home. When they're going out and out of bars, they're looking for something more complicated, more unique, something you really need a professional mixologist to make, something to enjoy. 
Bring that same philosophy to your menu. Doesn't mean every dish has to be like that, but for sure people are looking for a dining experience that's going to be unique and superlative and that can only be had when you're dining out as opposed to ordering up. So you need to think about that with your kitchen, with your bar staff, and have those offerings available so that people really get the benefit, not just of socializing, but the actual enjoyment of what you're offering them, something they could not get at home. In alignment with that, you want to have a few dishes throughout your menu, appetizers, entrees, desserts. Depending upon the type of business you are, it may be only appropriate for one segment of your menu. But you want to have some dishes that are absolutely over the top and worthy of Instagram posting. This was a trend that was going on big time before the pandemic. I think it's going to be absolutely parabolic now. People taking photos of what they're getting in their favorite restaurant, their favorite bar, and posting it. So you absolutely want to have some offerings on your menu and your bar menu, your food menu, that are over the top and that are perfect for Instagram photos. I remember the interview I did with Jake Dell, owner of Katz's Deli, and he was talking about he has situations where people will come in order their Reuben sandwich just to take the IG photo. Well, this is going to be, as I said, something that's going to go absolutely parabolic. So if you don't have something on your menu that is really designed to be visually compelling and over the top, I absolutely suggest that you do that. Again, don't revamp your whole menu. Just add one really crazy dessert or one really over-the-top cocktail entree you guys are the professionals in the space. You know what to do, but make it Instagram worthy because that's going to be something that people are really looking for. The other thing that you want to do is you want to have lots of specials. Every night you should be having different specials because you want to keep offering incentives for people to come in and come to your restaurant. You need to have the mind shift now that people are going to want to be dining out. There's going to be more competition for that, and you want to create more and more unique reasons to come to your restaurant. So if you're a restaurant that doesn't traditionally have any vegan items and you want to try them, use it as a special. If you're a restaurant that hasn't tried certain dishes but you think could be appropriate to uh, people that may want to come in or join others who are eating there, put them on special. The more that you can utilize your special menu and communicate those specials on a daily basis through Instagram, through TikTok, through email blasts, through whatever you can, the more reasons you're giving people to stay engaged with your restaurant, the more reasons you're giving them to come into your restaurant. Because remember, these specials you really want to tailor to get people to come in. You're not going to abandon the benefits that have been accrued through takeout and delivery, obviously. But now we want to ramp up and do everything we can to incentivize people to come in. So specials are a huge part of that and communicating that. And then the final thing within this section is you want to set up a loyalty program for customers who dine in. I've mentioned this in prior episodes. There are all kinds of inexpensive apps that you can do right now. There are ways that you can get people to give you their email address and you can send out promotions. But you absolutely want to create a relationship with those customers that are coming into your establishment now. Now, that will enable you to reach back out to them and incentivize them to come in. Maybe it's as simple as asking them to list when their birthday is. You can send them an email and they get a free entree for their birthday. Or, as I said, some form of a loyalty program. Or you find out what they like and you communicate to them, but you want to be in constant communication and build that bond so that people have a reason to view your establishment as somewhere that they want to go to frequently, that they want to recommend to other people. 
And the best way for you to have the highest degree of success in doing that is getting someone's email address or getting them to download your app. You can do it in a friendly way. You can create all kinds of incentives to do it, but extremely important to do that, okay? The second thing you want to do is we've talked about food and cocktails that can be prepared outside of the home and that that's what people are looking for, that experience. Within a similar vein, but a little bit to the left, you want to make sure that your restaurant itself, your bar itself, is an event. So one of the trends that was big pre-pandemic, and I talked about it in the podcast, were those restaurants and bars that had outdoor space as well as indoor space. They would have movie night. They would have the presidential debates. They would have Oscar night. They would create events around something that was going on there in addition to the obvious category of sporting events. That's something that I think is going to be very important. And I think there's a real opportunity here. And again, you have to tailor this to your bar, to your restaurant, to your business. But with movies still being somewhat compromised, if you will, and and that dynamic having changed. I know from Instagram and from talking to people, a lot of our customers are doing movie night. That's something you want to do. But anything you can do to make your restaurant, your bar, an event-type environment, that's going to help your business as well, gives people another reason to get out, and most importantly, gives them something, an experience that they can't replicate at home. People are wanting to do something different than what they've been doing for the past year, obviously. Game night, trivia night is an excellent idea because it enables people to not only have an event, but in a safe manner, but in a fun manner, begin to re-engage with other people. Humans are social, right? So if you have a game night, you have a trivia night, it's something that can bring the entire establishment together, make people enjoy themselves. They'll sit, they'll have more drinks, they'll have more appetizers, they'll do whatever you want. And you're getting people engaged again. There's a tremendous desire for people to be social. That's going to be made manifest over the coming weeks as we see this opening up continue. If you can make your establishment an event spot where those types of things are occurring. And by the way, This is already happening, and it was happening pre-pandemic, and some of our accounts do an absolutely phenomenal job with this. Shout out to Taj in New York City and many others. But it's something that if you're not doing, think about it. These are ideas. Obviously, different restaurants lend themselves to different types of things, but it's not a bad idea if you have one or two slow nights to try something like this because, again, people are looking for reasons to re-engage, looking for things to do that's different than what they've been dealing with for the past year And that's one of them for sure. Outdoor seating was transformative, but we never really got to experience even a fraction of how transformative it can be in New York City and in New Jersey. Other parts of the country, outdoor seating has been a big thing for a long time. Other parts of the world, Vienna, Paris, et cetera. Cafe culture is huge. But interestingly enough, New York City and even parts of New Jersey, Jersey City, Hoboken, not a huge thing, believe it or not, not a ubiquitous thing. But now we're going to find out how powerful and how beneficial it can be. So if you have a great opportunity to leverage outdoor space, whether you have a backyard, whether you have the ability to use the frontage outside of your establishment, it's my understanding that in New York and in parts of New Jersey as well, they're going to close down streets again. If you have outdoor space, 
now is the time to really invest some thought into how you're going to make the most of it. Because I think this is something, as I said, that's transformative. It was huge last year. Those people who went out and enjoyed it, they're going to want to do it again. People who didn't do that last year are going to be looking to try that this year. So if you have that opportunity, make the most of it. And you can go on Instagram and you'll see absolutely beautiful outdoor seating setups. And as I said, you know, it was a cool thing last year and people enjoyed it. But we never got to really fully see and get a picture of how impactful it can be. And I think we're going to get an idea of that in the coming weeks. So if you have that opportunity, you absolutely want to make the most of it. And then the final thing that I would say is just keep in mind that you have to view your restaurant space itself as a destination spot. So for example, if your spot is a little bit more lively, then make sure that there's music playing. Make sure that the vibe is good. Make sure that people who are coming there because of that vibe know, hey, I'm not in my apartment anymore. I'm in a nice vibe with other people. This is cool. This is something different. If it's an intimate candlelit type of vibe, where people can come and just sort of get away and go to sort of a special place that's unique. And again, I think back to the back room at Art Bar and others, then really do that. But you have to make the mind shift that your restaurant is a destination spot now. And when I say destination, I mean totally exclusive of the food or the cocktails. I think that's something that a lot of people just because of habit never thought of before. Like, hey, we got great food. People are coming in. It's cool. But now there's this desire for people to have an experiential dynamic occur for them in anything that they're doing because of what we've been deprived of to greater or lesser extents, depending upon a multitude of factors over the past year. And you want to capitalize that, okay? Now is a time, and I've talked about this in other episodes, but it's really important now. You want to promote like crazy. You need to be getting information out to the community and depending upon what your objectives are with your restaurant to a much broader community. So what do I mean by promote? Well, first you got social media, you got Instagram, you got TikTok, you got Facebook, you've got whatever you want to use. But the promotion has to be thought out and tactical. So what do I mean by that? If you're promoting to your neighborhood, promote in a manner that speaks to that, whether it's acknowledging a community event whether it's giving a shout out to other local businesses, whether it's offering something unique to those people who work in the community, whatever the businesses may be, you want to have your promotion really thought about and targeted. If your promotion, let's say you're the type of spot, let's say you're in the theater district, tourism is coming back to New York slowly but surely. So if your spot is really geared towards more capturing tourist business, then you have to think about how you're going to promote in that way as well. You want to promote as something, I don't know, unique, something that is really a quintessential New York experience, something that is welcoming to people. But the point is, is we're at a moment in time now, and I'm going to get to this later in the podcast, where tragically a lot of places shut down. And so right now there's less competition it's not going to stay that way for very long, okay? And so you want to get your foothold in now. And the best way to do that is promote. We mentioned social media. The other ways to do it are through e-blasts. Obviously, if you have people's emails, addresses, you can do that. If you're looking to promote within your community, generate flyers. See if doormen can give them out. See if you can put them out. But hey, if people don't know about you, they can't use your business. This is a lesson that I wish I'd learned earlier in my career, but I got it now. So promotion is very important and you want to do that in every way that you can. 
with respect to using Instagram, because I was writing this down, you can use the story feature a lot to promote cocktails, to promote specials. You can use the actual impression to promote your overall message, your philosophy, your core values. But this was something that I was reading about, about various ways to actually use Instagram effectively. I'm not an expert on that, but if you Google articles, you will see it. But that was one idea that really came across to me, the difference between using stories and impressions. So rather than take up time when I'm not an expert, just understand, because I've been learning a lot about this, that that's something that you want to do some research into and look at. You've got to promote like crazy. Now, one of the biggest challenges that restaurants across the country are facing, so this is not limited to the New York area, is staffing issues. You can see from the latest unemployment report, when I look on Instagram now, every third, fourth, or fifth post is someone letting the community know that they're looking to hire servers, managers, line cooks, whatever. Hiring is going to be a big challenge. Staffing is going to be a big challenge, but it can be a great opportunity too. But you have to understand that right now, staffing is going to be a challenge because one, people are opening up, so there's tremendous demand for labor. Two, there are some disincentives to go out and get a job right now, which are going to last for another couple of months. And so the labor pool may not be as robust as it might have been. And you're going to have to compete for town. So what does that mean? The first thing you want to do, I would suggest, is really set your mind and saying, look, I'm making an investment in my staff because, as I've said in earlier podcasts, without your staff, without great service, nothing else is going to matter. So one thing you might want to consider doing to differentiate yourself is offer a hiring slash retention bonus. Anybody that you hire that stays with your restaurant for a certain period of time, they get a bonus, okay? Something that's going to differentiate yourself because I'm telling you right now, The competition is going to be fierce, and you need to think of creative ways to make it so that somebody wants to work for you versus someone else. Money is a huge part of it. Perks are another part of it. You have a really popular spot, and people want to go there. Maybe you give your staff, you know, certain restaurants and bars really don't like the situation where people, when they're off shift, are hanging out there. Others really do like it. Knowing your establishment, if you do like it when people hang out and it adds to the vibe and it's part of the way you've run your business, give people tremendous discounts to hang out and go to your spot and bring friends. That's a nice perk. You have to think about perks. You have to think about incentives to hire people because you're in a competition for it and it's not going to change. So In the same way that you're out there competing for customers, now you're going to be competing for great staff. You have to do whatever you need to do for them. You want to make the workspace fun and lively. I remember speaking to Leo Lauer in an earlier interview, East Harlem Bottling Company, and one of the things that he was focused on was making the environment fun because if you're a server and the vibe is dull and you're not getting tips and it's just low energy— People don't want to work there. So you really have to be constantly selling to your staff in the same way that you're selling to your customers. Make it fun. Make it lively. Try to come up with some competitions. You know, people work for two primary reasons, and I'm not even ranking them. Financial compensation is one, and people feeling respected as human beings, having an opportunity to be fully actualized, fully creative, that they enjoy what they're doing. They enjoy what's coming in. And New York City is a place where the hospitality industry has tons of people who are professional servers, who are professionals in this space. This is what they want to do. You also have a lot of people, or even if it's a job they're doing to transition, if they're pursuing acting or something else, people take it seriously. So make the vibe fun. 
as I say, have some competitions, have some events just for your staff, have some things where people really know that working for your restaurant, your bar is something special, that it's not just a job and that they're constantly looking for something better, because this is probably going to be the biggest challenge that this industry is going to be facing over the next several months, and it could go on for years. It won't be acute for years, but I do believe that we're at a beginning of a massive period where things are really going to be coming back. And the more restaurants that open, the more people that want to go out, the more demand there's going to be. So you want to get your hiring done now. And then once you get people, you definitely absolutely need to make time to train them, really infuse them with the culture of your organization, really reward people in every conceivable way when they behave in a manner consistent with your philosophy. Because once you spend the time hiring somebody, training somebody, onboarding them, you want them to stay. And I do have some experience with that, thank God. You know, we have great people here in our management team and and throughout our whole company. We have people that have been here for years. So they're steeped in the culture of this company. And I can't describe to you how valuable that is. That's absolutely something you want to do and you can do. So as you're onboarding people, constantly check in with them, constantly be training, constantly be acknowledging and praising and really celebrating the things that are being done properly because these are people that you want to have stay with you forever. One of the things that I really am acutely aware of now, and I spoke about this in an earlier podcast, and I know I'm not alone in this, is how precious customers are how precious not only the the customer is from an economic standpoint, but just from a human interaction standpoint. I have a whole new appreciation for the relationship that we have with our customers. And even beyond that, I'm so like heartened by the manifestation of the relationship that existed before. In other words, I could see from everybody I was talking to that I viewed them as friends, they viewed Wilco as friends, and that we were in this together. So as things start to ramp up, understand there are no spare customers. Everything you can do to make every customer that comes into your establishment feel special, appreciated, welcomed, you need to do, okay? Because there are no spare customers. So what does that mean? The most basic thing is a friendly staff, right? But see if you can get to know people's names. See if you can find out things where you can show them that you appreciate them. Hey, you know what? Come on back and next time, you know, bring your kids or bring your parents and and the first round is on me. Whatever you can do, you know, words that come from the heart enter the heart. If you truly love your customers, as we all should, right? You got to let them know, and you got to do that on a consistent basis, because at the end of the day, as I just said, we learn this. There are no spare customers. By the grace of God, our relationship with our customers during the, the most challenging weeks of this thing was like pivotal. It shouldn't take something that extreme to really appreciate. People want to come to your business. They want to go there and enjoy it. That's what it's all about. It's all about the customer and anything you can do there. One of the great ways to show that loyalty to customers and reinforce something that's happening is, let's say you have a neighborhood restaurant. One of the trends that I think is going to continue for a while and I think can work extremely well for certain restaurants, depending upon where they're located, is if people don't come back to work right away, you know, if that dynamic doesn't occur in the same degree that we think it will, I would argue that people are going to start ordering lunch more frequently, right? 
So what you want to do is you want to build up a dynamic with people where they want to order from you. And then if they do that, it's kind of like this. Imagine the the way it was pre-pandemic, so to speak. People come home after a long day of work. They want to put up their feet. They want to chill out, watch Netflix, order up. Well, now if people are in the house all day working from home, they're going to want to get out at five, six o'clock. So you have to reverse it. So one of the ways you can show loyalty and appreciation for your customers is through really incentivizing them to do takeout and delivery on those times they want to. The second thing you can do is if you find out what businesses are near you, remember, for this year and next year, business meals that are ordered from restaurants that serve the necessary and appropriate legitimate business purposes are fully tax deductible to those businesses. Don't let up in reaching out to those businesses and see if you can create a dynamic where they not only have their company get-togethers and brainstorming sessions at your restaurant, but that they order up from you. Give them an incentive to do that, okay? This way you're tying in an opportunity to upsell to develop a relationship with the underlying business, and to take customers who say, you know what, I really love this spot. I was never here before, and I usually don't go out a lot. Oh, you live in the neighborhood? Because we deliver. You do? Yeah, you know what? Here, 10% off your first delivery if you call it in from us. My name's John. I'll be here. Whatever you need to do, show that appreciation from people because there's no way to really underscore how important that is. And if you can leverage it by showing the same appreciation to businesses, maybe you've got an ad agency, a software development company, whatever those local businesses are, if you see people hanging out at your spot at happy hour or people that work there coming in for lunch or whatever, reach out to those businesses. You want to be a go-to for them if you do catering, you do takeout, whatever. There's a tremendous tax advantage to those businesses providing meals for their employees through restaurants, and you want to make sure that you uh, participate in that, okay? And then the final thing I want to say, and I say this to myself as well, stay aggressive. Stay, no pun intended, hungry. It's a great, great feeling with everything opening up, you know, and looking back on this past year and everything that we went through. I don't think there was an industry that was more subjected to challenges and negativity at times. And at times it was just bleak. And all you could do is put your head down and grind and work. And I have so much respect and admiration for everybody in the space because that's really what it came down to. I could tell stories, but there were times where all we had here and all anybody had was just saying, you know what, I'm just going to put my head down. I'm going to work. We're going to get through this day. We're going to get through the next day. We're just going to keep moving forward. All right. And that intensity was there to make that happen. Well, we all need to keep that intensity now because what's going to happen now is as things open up, there's going to be a tremendous amount of expansion in the space. People are going to be taking over new spaces. People are going to be expanding. There's going to be new concepts opening. You do not want to be lulled into a sense of complacency. Now is not the time to do it. You got to stay hungry. You got to stay aggressive. You got to have the mindset that you're going to make your restaurant more profitable, busier, more impactful than it's ever been. One of the most incredible things that's come out of this is the level of engagement with the community that our industry had. You know, I think of Sarita from Smack and that refrigerator for the community and all the other people that we had the honor to participate in. We need to keep that engagement up intensity. You know, we got to remember that not everybody is in a good spot still. People still need that engagement and assistance from other people. So let's not let up on that either, right? But from the business standpoint, we have to stay aggressive. And that starts with first and foremost, the mindset of staying aggressive. 
It starts with the mindset of being competitive. You want to be competitive. You want to earn the business. Don't take anybody's business for granted. I know many of our customers right now are in a situation where they're the only establishment open for a two or three block area because everyone else closed. Okay. So they're reaping the benefits. Well, you got to stay aggressive and hungry because as those spots begin to fill up, now you're going to have competition. And the whole focus of competition always has to be on the customer, but never, ever get complacent. I mean, I'm telling everybody here, now it's starting. You know what I'm saying? Now is when we're going to get busy and get focused. And it really just means having an open mind, having that desire to do it and really not getting comfortable. And The other thing which I would say just from a very important business standpoint is like those of us in business right now, I think a lot of people when the pandemic hit and we had to make some adjustments to expenses, we saw that there was some opportunities there. And one of the things that is very common in business is when things are going well, people get a little less disciplined about expenses and about costs. I'm a huge believer in investing in people. I'm a huge believer in investing in the future and making, you know, investments in your business so, so important. But it's not good to waste. It's not good to waste resources. And I certainly would say that it's, from what I'm reading in the Wall Street Journal and other publications, that's something a lot of businesses are seeing. So if you are somebody who is able to capture some savings in your operating expenses, and you can maintain those savings without sacrificing what you need to do to retain and keep and and acknowledge your staff or to give your customers the absolute best experience, don't lose those savings to operating expenses because it's very important. At the very least, you'll have more resources available to invest in your business. And that's a big part of staying aggressive and staying hungry and staying open-minded. So I did want to share this episode with everybody. I hope they enjoyed it. Some of the themes here were covered in greater detail in earlier episodes. But, you know, the bottom line is, and I just want to say it, I just have so much respect for everybody in this space and in this industry. And I derived a lot of inspiration from a lot of Instagram posts during this whole thing. And we just got to keep moving forward. And I hope that some of these ideas are interesting and, and stimulate some thought and are helpful. As always, I really enjoy hearing from everybody. So please email me at steven at com, or you can DM me at Wilco Foods. And most importantly, everybody, have an awesome, awesome day. Thank you for listening to The Profitable Table, fed by Wilco Foods. Please be sure to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. And to learn more about Wilco Foods or Stephen Toberoff, please visit us at wilcofoods.net. Foods.net.